I'm Phil Rickaby, and I'm a writer and performer, and I am also an introvert. I'm Jess McCauley, and I'm a theater maker, and I'm also an introvert, and this is The Introvert's Guide to... If you want to drop us a line, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at introvertguide2, the number two, and you can find the website at introvertsguide2.com. If you want to send us a message, you can do that through the website, or you can email us at introvertsguide2stuff at gmail.com. And remember, we may use your questions or comments on an upcoming episode of The Introvert's Guide 2. And if you like the podcast, make sure to go to Apple Podcasts, Google Music, or wherever you get your podcasts, and leave a comment or rating. Your comments and ratings help new people find the show. But even better, if you know someone that might like The Introvert's Guide 2, tell them about it. Some of our favorite podcasts became our favorites because someone told us about them. You moved cities last year? Uh, No, I moved... Oh boy. Well, okay. I I moved from my hometown uh, in 2015 to another city, and then I moved back to my hometown last year. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. How long were How long were you in in London? I was in foggy old London town. I think. <laughs> foggy old London town, Ontario. That's, yeah, that's what I call uh, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Smoggy uh-huh. old fog- London town. There uh-huh. we go. <laughs> No, I love London. It's a great city. Um, I was there 2015 to, oh, 2000. Oh, was it 2019? No, mm-hmm. 2018. Yeah. Okay, yeah, never mind. When did you move to Toronto? Oh, my God. Um, I moved to Toronto <laughs> in 1990? Question mark? Ish. Whenever yeah, I that- started theater school, which was you know, in ancient times and <laughs> back before everyone had computers and email back oh, in the olden was, days. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you moved to this city and mm-hmm. it, it just, was it, did, did you fall in love with it when you went there for, or was it maybe something you had to get used to? You know, it's funny because um, I grew up in Ajax, which is about a 30 minutes drive outside of Toronto and friends of mine and I, you know, we would, Sorry, mom. We would skip school sometimes and we would go to Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was always a place like it had, it was a draw. Um, some people are drawn to the city and some people are not. And it was a place I was drawn to. Also, mm-hmm. I was planning to make a life in the theater. And so the bustling metropolis of Ajax, Ontario was not going to be the place where I did that. <laughs> For those of you who maybe not know that what Ajax is, it's, it's not a exactly town. It's a town. It's a bedroom community that doesn't it have is. a whole lot going on for it, which is why like going to Toronto was such a big deal for us because um, we had this little mall with a Kmart in it at the time and a few, I think there was a grocery store at the other end and that was basically it in Ajax. And so Toronto was a huge draw for us. Mm-hmm. When you... Um, made the move from uh, uh, your hometown to London. Um, mm-hmm. Did you know anybody? Were you moving? Like what was, what was the, what, what drew you there? Well, you see, I, I already went in knowing some people. Um, so when I lived in my hometown, I had a friend that, uh, that, that was doing a theater show and it London from Niagara where I live, it, it's two hours away. So he asked me, you know, listen, I'll cover your traveling expenses, but do you want to come and do this show? I, I need someone to fill in. So when I went to go do the show, uh, I, I drove back and forth uh, between uh, the show rehearsals uh, back home, which really sucked. Uh, it was not fun. Uh, but when it came showtime, I stayed over at uh, his place just for the week. Mm-hmm. And I fell in love with this. I really liked it. And and I liked the vibe of it. It, it was like a, a little bit of Toronto with a little bit of the hometown feel that I'm used to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, and I loved the people there. I loved the theater show I was doing and uh, I soon wanted to get more involved because at the time I didn't, I, and this was my mistake, but I didn't feel that my hometown offered as much Mm. uh, for me as maybe London would. So when I, when I was thinking about where I wanted to move, I wanted to move to Toronto 
originally. I, I was thinking, okay, well, maybe I'll go there. But thing is, is that I, when I was doing this theater show in London, that's where I met my now husband. I see. So, yes. So I moved for a boy. Oh, that, <laughs> that age old story. The interesting thing is that, so I, when I moved to Toronto, I mean, I was, I went to school in Toronto and I guess it was in, in, when I was in third year. So that must've been like 92 that I figured like, I guess, I guess this is it now I've moved here now. Cause you know, when you're in school, you're sort of like, you kind of live there, but you know, you sometimes go home to do your laundry, that sort of thing. Yeah, of course. Um, so I didn't really feel like I had moved. Um, but it was after, after school when I kind of realized, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is where I'm staying. And I, I do remember, like I knew some people from theater school, but, uh, I didn't really know anybody else. Oh, so when theater school finished, what, what was that like when it was done? It was really uh, uh, strange. Now, now as, as it had been sort of a tradition uh, at that theater school that, you know, you would graduate and then you would go back as often as possible and refer to yourself. It was a three-year program. We'd be like, I'm in my fourth year. Um, Just sort of like, any chance you got to be able to go back and say hello to like grasp onto this familiar thing. Um, and there would occasionally be get togethers of people, you know, you would like weasel your way into like some of the parties that some of the kids who were still in the school were having. Mm-hmm. Cause we were still like basically the same age as those people. Oh yeah. But outside of that, it was so rough. Um, I got a job at a, at a costume shop, but I didn't really socialize with those people right um although those are the people that started me smoking but that's another story back <gasps> in the day back in the day i don't do it anymore um Ew. i don't do it anymore mom <laughs> um it was it was like we didn't socialize out of work they were big drinkers and i was just starting into my not drinking mm, right. um or I was never a big drinker. I think I didn't start like completely stop drinking until after, but it was never a thing for me. I never enjoyed it. So um, I didn't, uh, uh, it was really hard to, to, to find my people. You know, you know, I actually had the opposite though. And and that's the funny part is that I, I had, and I don't mean this to sound like, I, I don't mean this to sound braggy. It was just like, I had a lot of people ask me to hang out. Right. And I'm the type of person that I said no a lot. Mm. Like I said no to the point that, you know, there would be people that just stopped asking me to hang out because they just, they knew the answer was going to be right. Yeah. So when I moved to London, I, I, everything was like, I, everyone loved me still and I loved them. It was just, I, I think because I didn't take the opportunities to do that, you know, Mine was a choice. Mm-hmm. I made that choice. And that choice actually my my mental health suffered for it because I just thought, well, you know what, I'm I'm okay with being a hermit. I, you know, and there was times where I didn't leave my house for like four days. Mm-hmm. That's that's not healthy. I didn't even go for a walk or anything. And I didn't actually put it together that, you know, just because you're an introvert and and you and you really don't socialize often, now now you're just you're losing something. You're losing a part of yourself. And I actually found that a lot of my identity started slipping away because of it. Mm, mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, I, I mean, I honestly, I had a, a few friends that I hung around with that, you know, I'd get together with. Well, really, I mean, my friend Richard Bone is still a good friend, the director of my last show. Well, most of my shows, actually. Um, <laughs> he's, uh, I mean, we were hanging out um, and uh, it was basically like, We'd hang out. I go. I we'd hang out with him. He'd come to my place. We'd hang out like that. Would that was basically the friend group, and it was two of us. But I was not never really good at like. I was still in the phase where I was trying to convince myself that to be an actor, I needed to be outgoing. Yeah, and that's a pretty big stereotype. Yeah, and so I would try to go to any kind of party, any kind of like theater or industry related thing and then just be really awkward for mm-hmm. the whole time and really hate it um or find reasons to skip out like before i had come to terms with the fact that you know the reason why i didn't want to go was because i was an introvert i would just tell myself things like i you know i don't have anything to say or there's nothing interesting that i can talk about or things like that yeah we all definitely fall into that trap yeah when you i mean what did you what did 
what did you do when you started to realize, how long did it take you to realize first off uh, that it was bad for your mental health? Oh, let's see. Probably about probably two years in. Two, ye- two, 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 two years. Two years. Two years in. I know as bad as that. So you know what the problem was? I was in a huge amount of denial because during that time I was producing my own stuff. Right. So because I was already interacting with people in in a rehearsal space or or in a uh, in a networking situation, I I thought that I thought that was filling my cup. But and because I also had roommates who were my friends, mm-hmm. I again thought that was doing it for me. But really, mm-hmm. what I was lacking, and and I've come to realize that now since moving home and having a healthy a healthy level of socializing and a healthy level of um, of my work life and, and as well as all my other hobbies, mm-hmm. I'm looking back on it going, you know, even just going for a cup of coffee with someone, I, I really missed out on bonding with yeah. people. And especially when you are a creator, mm-hmm. you know, you, you need to be in community with people. You, you really do. And since doing a workshop a little while ago, that was something that really hit home was this is a sort of industry where you can't do it alone. You can't, it, it's, very hard to do it. You can, I'm sure there's people that can, but if you want to write about people, you got to meet people. You want to go do theater. You got to go see theater. Mm-hmm. And I didn't do that. You know, having, having worked for several years outside of the theater industry while also doing that, I can tell you that I think it's important in most industries to get out and, you know, do some networking and, and, and connect with people. Mm-hmm. Um, Yes, in theater, it's super important because, you know, we're supposed to be like representing people. Mm-hmm. But um, I think in all industries, you find it really necessary to get out. You'll find I know a lot of people who are who are actually entrepreneurs, which means that they work mm-hmm. at home, which you would think is like <laughs> the introvert's dream. Right. Yeah. But. It's it's amazing how like for me I don't work from home. I have the opportunity. I could work from home. But I know mm-hmm. that that number one I won't be that productive at home. Um a lot of yeah. the work that I do is is in person and like just I I spend a lot of time running around talking to people. Um mm-hmm. and I and and also um like I I need the people like having the people around is sort of like that's part of my daily socializing. Right. Even though those people are not necessarily like people that I hang out with after work, um, that's, that's part of my social life is, is the, is what I do at work. And without it, I would be, I would be missing something. And so people I know who are entrepreneurs, they have to find ways to get that. Cause mm. if you work at home, yeah, now there are, you have no coworkers to talk to. So you have to find ways that you can have those interactions with people outside of that, which even introverts need sometimes. Yeah. And that's it. You know, and when we were gearing up for this episode, I started thinking, I'm like, you know, one thing I felt is it when you move to a new city, or even when you are an entrepreneur, and you do work from home, I'm thinking about I'm like, you know, at what at some point, it feels like we're asking our, our listeners a lot when we give this advice that they have to really take control of those points where, where they do need to go and, and find means of meeting people. It sounds like you're asking a lot, but really in the long run that this does your health, mental health wonders. You know, it's, it's, it's as easy as it is for me to spend my entire weekend at home, Mm -hmm. not really interacting with people. And sometimes when I do go out, it's just me alone. Like I'm not really interacting with people and sometimes that's fine. And Mm -hmm. I can do that pretty much every weekend and in the winter ha, <laughs> i i can go like i could happily go that's like hermit time for me it's like the snow comes in i'm like you know what that's it yeah i don't need to go anywhere like ever and so i could happily go and not see people for quite a while like it's hibernation time who wants to go it out? Is. yeah but when i do get together with people in a small group that's when I sort of start to go, oh, this is like, we are social beings and we actually need this. Yes. Yes. As much as it it is, I can be comfortable alone at home. After a certain 
amount of time alone, I, I there comes this point where I'm almost like, you know, the wild man coming out of the wilderness, like, <laughs> like, har- do I, do I understand this human language anymore? Can I speak it? You know, and oh you start to get, you, you go into a social situation, almost like, do I remember how to do this? They say it's like falling off a bike or whatever, but it's, it can be hard. So yeah. you, those small interactions or those, those small group interactions are still important. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, they are. We, we will, we will absolutely promote your mental health and say, you do you, you need to take care of yourself. But at the same token, we do need to draw a line at some point and say, please go see somebody like go have coffee, mm-hmm. go out for a walk with someone, just go talk. Even if you feel you don't have anything to say, sometimes it's really, really refreshing. We, we acknowledge like you're saying is that it is so easy, mm-hmm. so easy to, to hermit. Oh yeah. Is it ever? Again, I did it for two years, two years of no social life and it, it, it's not good. No. And, and it's, it's an easy thing to fall into. Um, but like you said, like after a while, it does have an effect on, on your mental health because we are by nature social beings. Now, Mm -hmm. some people are social beings, like extroverts are social beings where they just need a whole lot of people around them. Mm -hmm. But in introverts need like that one or two people. Yeah. And that's all we need to keep the social thing going. And so it can just be a matter of like, hey, let's go get coffee. Mm-hmm. So when you, um, for you, what did you do to actually start breaking that cycle for you? Did, did you start going anywhere? Did you actually have to maybe find that extroverted friend that would bring you along places? I am going to reveal a dark secret, Jess. <gasps> My dark secret is that I did live action role playing. I yes, I was a LARPer. Um, okay, which means, and we played a we played a, a White Wolf live action game called Vampire. In which case, basically, we pre- pretended to be vampires for one night a week. Or one night, a week, two weeks, something like that. Anyway. Okay. Um, and so you would create a character and it sort of scratched my acting itch and it sort of scratched the social itch. And there are a bunch of people that, you know, I sort of became friends with through playing this game. Some of whom I am still friends with to this day. All right. Okay. I can accept this. Okay. I'm glad. I'm glad. There's, there was such an awkward silence. I was like afraid that Jess was going to be like... <laughs> I don't know if I can do this. That's anymore, it. This show so. is done. This is my last show. I'm retiring. <laughs> <laughs> this is LARP was the thing that destroyed that was it. the show. It was that, that <laughs> did this friendship in. Oh gosh. No, that's, that's pretty cool. Actually. I'm not going to lie. I have a huge appreciation for that. It took, it was a little shock. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but you know, it's, well, I mean, just to talk about that for a second is that, is that on the hierarchy of nerd. Yeah. LARPer is near the bottom, just above furries. <laughs> the way that nerds often look at it, right? Um, a lot of times that's where they sit in the hierarchy of nerds. And that is below D&D, which is actually quite high on the nerd scale. Okay, anyway, hey, hey, um, hey, hey now. <laughs> I'm just saying that D&D is still, pre- is still much higher than LARP. That's fair. I'm not dissing it. Um, um, yeah. <laughs> but... The one thing that it did was it – so number one, it scratched the acting itch at a time when I wasn't doing – wasn't really getting a whole lot of work. Mm-hmm. Number two, it allowed me to hide behind a character mm-hmm. in order to socialize. Yeah. What was your character like? Oh, my God. He was a total dick. I don't want to want to talk about that. <gasps> that first character, he was the worst. And people who played with me would tell you that also he was the worst. So <laughs> let's not let's not dwell on that. The idea was that I was able, like that's that was my social life. And through that, um, I went to I started being a regular. You know, I moved in with some friends. I was a regular at the Savage Garden, which was uh, a, a golf bar at the time. So. Friday, Saturday, you would find you would find me and my friends there, um, you know, at a booth in the corner that we would get there early enough to claim our booth. And that was our spot where we would park for the night. But like that was that's what I that's that's how I, I socialized. Who that are you? Me into the <laughs> Who 
I know, right? You, (laughs) I love this. (laughs) For the record, this was like ages like twenty five to twenty seven, twenty eight, somewhere in there, and a little bit into the thirties too. But okay, so and on and off, but like um, that was like that's that's how I socialized for quite a while. Okay, you know it though. That's okay. Cool. All right. <laughs> you know what you really think, Jess? You're 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 so <laughs> lost from this. I find it hilarious how how lost you are. This this whole LARP thing has thrown you more than anything I have said. Yeah, like it's you know it it was like I just again I never would have expected that, but that's mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. All right, yeah. again I can totally appreciate that. All right, all right. <laughs> I promise, but you will have to tell me more. Well, we, I, I will tell one you. Day. I will tell you. One day. I will tell you, I will tell you some one day. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's. I mean, that's how I ended up learning to socialize mm-hmm. and and like like having a life that was not me at home with a Sega Genesis at the right. time. Right. For sure. No, absolutely. Uh, for me, it was The Sims. If that makes anyone feel any better. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. You know. What was? I mean, what did you do when you got to when you started to realize how? those two years of not talking to people were affecting you. I had to start saying yes. I had to start forcing myself to say yes, stop canceling plans and do it. It's hard though, isn't it? Oh, was it ever? It, it, it still is. Like I, I work in a wonderful place now. I, I absolutely love my job and I don't plan on leaving it for a very long time. The people that work there are so lovely and it is still hard to say yes to them as well, I, as wonderful as they are. And some of them are pretty introverted as well. So I, it's it's easy for them to, it's easy for me to actually say what I need. Whereas before, I would just try and say yes to my coworkers and I wouldn't necessarily have much in common, but I just mm. do it to, for the sake of socializing. But I, I still wasn't getting much out of it. But now it's nice being with people that are in the same the same realm as I am, if you will, in terms of uh, personality types and sure. Yeah. So a lot of creatives that work there. So that's, that's wonderful. Um, and, and uh, again, they like to do about the same things as I do. So that's what makes the transition a little bit easier, but before, yeah, I mean, I had to really work myself up to it. My, my husband had to come with me a lot. Mm. Uh, so we, we definitely got the jokes of the two for one, you know, well, if you have yeah, yeah. just to hang out, Steve's coming. Uh, but I mean, again, he was my extroverted shield. Is that, is that how you managed to be able to say yes to things to, to know that Steve would be there as, as your, your extroverted shield? A lot of the times. Yeah. Like not every time there were some times where, you know, it was like, okay, like I got to go out by myself at some point. Like I'm an independent mm. person. I, I do have autonomy here. Uh, but yeah, a lot of the times bringing Steve along really, really helps. Um, mm-hmm. and, and he loves meeting people. He loves chatting with them. A couple of times he's questioned if he's an introvert, but then it's a, no, I'm absolutely an extrovert. I, I know I can do, I can socialize very easily. Uh, so yes, having having my love there really helps. <laughs> Did you figure that out by... I don't know, like being invited and saying yes to a thing and then not being able to, to go and, and like asking him or how did you come to the, I can do this if, if, if Steve comes with me? Well, when I moved to London, Steve was the one that was inviting me out. So anytime him and his coworkers were hanging out, he would always say, you know, I'm, I'm going over to the bar with my coworkers. How about you come and meet me and then you can come hang out. Mm -hmm. So he was always great with inviting me out when he was doing something. And that's where I started to realize, I'm like, you know, this guy's a good buddy, like to have with me, like, you know, you know always cruising twos, right? <laughs> so he w- he was my number two, he was good. Um, so when Steve started taking, you know, and him and I also, again, have a lot of common interests, we both love to do theater. When I started doing more theater work, and friends would ask to come hang out, Steve just happened to be a part of the crew that it would be easy to tag him along as well. And then that's right. when that habit started coming up again but that's also something i'm trying to break away from i i do want to be able to do things on my own have my own sense of being as well right um you know i'm an independent woman (laughs) i can do this yeah you can yeah so i started i started saying yes and there's been a few times now where i've hung out with friends and i and steve just stayed at home 
and 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 that's and that's a good thing sometimes. Do you ever, while you're going out to a thing, mm-hmm. um, find yourself wondering while you're on your way, why am I doing this? Oh, every time. <laughs> <But> <laughs> what am I going to say? What am I going to do? Do I did I do anything this week that I could talk about? What do I know about this person? Mm. I don't know what to do. Like it just oh yeah, immediately. I, and then of course there's always, you know, if anyone remembers the uh, canceling plans episode, the epic excuses I can make up sometimes. Oh, I remember. We oh, all yeah. we all remember. <laughs> It's in living memory now. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, I I've absolutely thought of some of the the zaniest of uh, excuses, but nothing seems to stick enough. And I'm like, you know what? I can't do this. I'm already on my way out. Get it over with. At least I can say I did it. I would like to ask you a hypothetical question. Oh, I'm so ready. I love hypotheticals. Okay. So for some reason, you and Steve mm-hmm. move to a new city where you know no one. Okay. Zero. It is a brand new city for you. You are making a fresh start. Like we don't, like no one on social media I know even lives in this city. That kind of thing. Perhaps people on social that you have never met in person. Like you don't know okay. know anybody. You sort of like virtually know some people from social. Okay. All right. So now you're in this strange city where you are both getting the lay of the land and you don't have any friends. What do you do? Okay. Um, is I mean, we've both got jobs. I'm assuming mm-hmm. in this hypothetical. Okay. Um, potentially find one person at work, each of us that we like, hang out with them separately, uh, and then taking those two p. I think what I would do is probably have some small, not a party, a small get together where we both invite a friend over that we like, mm-hmm. and then. I think the next time we would ask, okay, how about we tell that person they can bring a couple of friends that they like, and then we'll have like a little get together where a little meet and greet. Uh, but then also I would utilize a community board mm-hmm. and find events that I'm interested in an event that he's interested in. Mm-hmm. And then I think that's where we would start building the network. So I'd really start to utilize community events. Nice. Okay. Now you. Yes. <laughs> now now you. So I moved to a place where maybe I only know people from social. Um, the first thing I would probably do is reach out to those people that I do know from social who are who are living nearby if they would like to get coffee. Mm-hmm. That would be the first the first thing I would do. Um, I figure, you know, coffee in friend dating as well as romantic dating is a good first safe first step and this is where small talk can come in handy god damn it no because i will find a way to skip (laughs) over that because i always do um (laughs) but um from there i think the next thing i was okay and I, i i will mention this again later on but i was listening to um npr's life kit and they have a four episode series on making friends Oh, that's handy. And one of the things that they mention in it, and they say, you know, the how whenever you say that you tell me you want to make you you're having trouble making friends, somebody says, join a club, take up a hobby, you know, and you think, mm-hmm. God damn it, fuck you. And <laughs> they say that that's actually really good advice. Mm-hmm. Join a club, take mm-hmm. a hobby, find a thing that you like. It has a means of gathering and do it. And you know what? Don't go to make friends. Go to do the thing. Hmm. But because you're doing the thing, you are likely to make friends. That's good advice. I, yeah, again, I like that a lot. It's, it sounds like to someone, maybe like to me, maybe in that place where I was, blowing people off to me that advice would be too much it would be i'm not doing that i don't like people i wouldn't be able to do it yeah but you know again when you come out move out of that place of denial move out of that place where you feel that you don't need anybody and understand that you you do need you need a sense of community no matter how big or small that might that might be 
but definitely take advantage of those places. A lot of communities will set these spaces up for that exact reason. It's just good mental health. It truly is. I do think that that whatever club or hobby you choose to take up, I think that's important to consider because if I was to look at, at joining a club, learning, like learning a hobby, whatever these things are. Um, and I saw that as a means to finding friends. That's too, that's too much to put on it. That's too much anxiety inducing thing. I'm going to walk into that room yeah. and I'm going to be looking around like some expectant kid at a high school dance or something like just like are you the person are you the person are you the person like and that's too much yeah and i think people at the thing sort of like sense that desperation just like they did at the high school dance but if you go because it's a thing you actually want to do and just do it you will naturally eventually start to make conversation with people around you We did have some comments. Yes, we did. Let's go to the social. Yeah. All right. Who do we got here? And we got another comment from Andy. Says, technically, uh, and this was our question of, have you ever moved cities? So this is the lead in. Um, I moved around a lot as a kid. And when I was 12, we moved to Thorold, which is a a small little uh, town near uh, Niagara. I was suddenly in a huge school. Five grade, uh, five grade seven classes. I had no friends, and everyone made fun of me intensely for being a nerdy anime kid. Oh, I actually got so horribly bullied that I stopped going to school, and this is where a lot of my anxiety and introversion began. Needless to say, I didn't adjust well. Okay, that sounds that sounds horrific. Um, yeah. But wow. See, the thing, the thing for me um, is. I can I I can almost place where this when in recent memory this may have happened because now nerd culture is sort of ascendant right mm-hmm. in any school that you go to you're probably going to find an anime club you're probably going to find a a D and D club things like that right I remember when I was in school there was no anime club or 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 if there was even I as nerdy as I was would not deign to go near that um, because it was so nerdy. Right. I think things may like, there's a lot more nerdy stuff that goes on. I do think it's really too bad that, that those people were not around for Andy because um, I know, I know that, that, that being a nerd, it can be really hard uh, to, to find that. And being the new kid in a school is super hard. I think the hardest thing, I have ever done in my life is really be the new kid in a school harder than, than anything else because all everybody else knows each other. Mm-hmm. They've already formed their cliques. They know who's cool and who's not. And, and you as a new person are 100% not. Oh yeah. You, it's like, you, I've, I'll be honest. I've never been through this situation. I've always started out of school and finished at that school. Uh, so I, I feel a little lucky, mm. but I do know that from friends who have done it, it's been one of those, they felt like they had a target really, or they were some something to be observed oh, and questioned and poked and prodded at, but then no intention of being friends with yeah. this person. When you're, when you're the new kid, yeah. and I, I don't know if I told the story about being like made to go down my street, house to house to... Oh, in, yeah. oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, I don't like no, that story. No, it's a terrible story. Um, but it's what I, I, my, I think my parents suggested that maybe that was the way to do it um, because we moved and it wasn't quite school or it had, school had started. Um, and we moved and I think school had just started and it was um, everything was, was hard. Um, and so having to go house to house to ask you know, will you be my friend to all the kids on the street? That is no way to make friends. But then going to school and not knowing anybody, that was even harder because I, I, I really was the, the oddity, the, the new unknown quantity. Everybody else had been going to the same school for, for ages, you know? So there, mm-hmm. they the cliques were already made. I'm going to read Joey. 
I was lucky enough to have some amazing roommates when I moved to the city I live in now and my first time living on my own. They were nerdy and crazy and weird in the best possible ways. And I made a lot of friends through them because they always seemed to know when I needed to be dragged out of my cave. It was an adventure and an emotional roller coaster, but those roommates made it a smooth, as smooth a transition as it could have been. Well, that's that's good. See, this is where roommates mm-hmm. can come in handy. <laughs> these these two stories are like night and day. Yeah, exactly. That's what I like about them. Nice polars, but still, we can help you. <laughs> I think it's it's uh, like having roommates, especially when you move to a new city. Now, I, I think I still wouldn't do it. Like. I've I've had roommates and I had some wonderful roommates in my time, but I'm not ready to go back to that. Oh, jeepers! Yeah, no, you know what? I uh, I, I remember the place where I moved. Okay, so when I moved to London, I I moved in immediately with um, my who then my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. I was going to find my own place, but he was like, "No, no, you're living with me." And and I, I I lived with five other guys, mm-hmm. and I thought this was going to be a nightmare, but turns out to be the most wonderful people. I, I just, they were so accepting and loving and they, they just, they made sure that there was enough socialization that it would happen. But at the same token, would I have roommates again? No, <laughs> no, there was too many times where my space was a little invaded. <laughs> too many times where I had something just perfectly set up in the living room, this tiny little space I called my own and something would happen to it and it would be fatal and it wouldn't be fun. And so I just, as an introvert, I appreciate roommates, but at some point, no, I do need my space. The socialization, I would like it to happen outside of the house. (laughs) I think Joey sounds like he was really lucky and that he had friends who knew the difference between when he needed to be dragged out and when he didn't. Teresa says, I moved to NYC last year and I don't think I ever really settled down. It was and still is an adventure. I think it's super important, especially since I'm fairly introverted to find spaces that you can call your own or places that you know are, you are able to hold your emotions, so to speak. Whether it's the comfort of your home, the library, a nice coffee shop on the corner of the street, just little things that bring you quiet comfort so you can take a breather from the hustle and bustle of the city. City life is always going to be exciting and new, but it's also important to remember you can't do everything at once. There will always be fun experiences, but you have to know your own limits. I also think it's important to find people whom you get along with and people who understand that you need moments alone and that you personally benefit from moments alone. Don't be afraid to have boundaries. Good on you, Teresa. Amen, Teresa. This is this yeah. is the kind of thing that we've been preaching for a while. Yes, uh, and congrats on that move to New York City. That is a massive move, by the way. Like that yeah. is that is not um, a small move. Like, yeah, um, yeah, that's something to be proud of. I feel like I feel like like that move, moving from one place to New York City, is even bigger than moving from a place in Ontario to Toronto because New, New York is like so big. Oh yeah, and I think it's the kind of thing where I think that like that can be a really freaky thing. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, yeah. I, I mean, I already had a huge problem when visiting Toronto to take like the TTC. I can't imagine moving somewhere completely new, yeah. and having to to grapple with this even bigger map. Oh yeah. my gosh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah, not just that, but I mean, like, how do you in this massive city where I don't know. It's so easy to get lost among all of those people. How do you find a friend group? Mm. I guess that's sort of where like finding a club or a hobby might come in handy. Oh, exactly. Yes. All right. So we did find some, I I actually think we found some okay advice on the internet. Mm. I think this is a point where introverts kind of need it. Not, not to say they were written by extroverts, but it's certainly the let's take an extrovert's advice. Go out, go find those places that you're comfortable in. But at the same time, again, remember your own boundaries. Remember to honor yourself and your and your emotional needs. Uh, but I did find one 
uh, one article, uh, an introvert's guide uh-huh, to finding friends, uh, which was which was good. Uh, they they had a few things, but a couple that I want to highlight was um, do one social thing every week. So stretch yourself to socialize once a week. It doesn't have to be a loud happy hour. It could just be an afternoon coffee break during work or a playground date with each other's kids. Hold yourself accountable to this weekly goal and you'll see the results. Plan ahead so you don't get overwhelmed in the midst of a busy week and forget or back out. So holding yourself accountable to socializing at least once a week. And you will find time for that and you will prioritize it naturally if if it's something that you're really passionate about. Right. Like, I definitely agree with that. Like, like just being able to get out and do something and one social thing in a week is not that much. It's not, especially, and I mean, like, again, it doesn't mean you have to do like a whole, you can dedicate a whole day off to it, but you know, it's certainly taking like maybe an hour or so to do like those little coffee breaks. Just, just going for coffee with somebody in a, like on the weekend, like two hours is good. Like, yeah, and that's like two hours out of your week to do something social. So absolutely, if you can find somebody, maybe you know. One thing that I found um, doing my other podcast, Stageworthy, is that people, um, people, nobody ever says no. Mm-hmm. And I've found that that like asking people to go for coffee is also something that people often don't say no to. Um, even mm-hmm. if like you don't want to, you don't want to do, you don't want to be like me when I move to a new place, like going door to door to say, "Hey, do you want to be my friend?" But you can approach it to being like, like, what? Who is this person? And are they are they in my industry? Do they do I have some kind of connection to them? Could I buy you a coffee and we can talk about X? Yeah, which is a great opener to at least get to that coffee. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I, I, you know, again, we don't underestimate somebody. Some people really do like socializing, and they will make that time for you. You know, that's that's the that's the mm-hmm. plus side. <laughs> Uh, the next one they had was um, follow up, follow up, and follow up. Pursue the people you hit it off with. After vibing, keeping the connection going by inviting them to join you at another event or meet up individually. And if they can't make it, don't give up. Follow up until you find a time that works. Persistence and forced extroversion pays off. Now, I'm a little iffy on this because I, I, I thought about it. I'm like, you know, I'm a person that doesn't like persistence, though. Mm-hmm. But let's not think of it like you're messaging them every single day going, hey, want to hang out? Want to do this? Want to like you don't be you're not an excited puppy. Yeah. But but certainly thinking of things that maybe funner like fun things to do. Like, you know, hey, listen, you want to go to the movies? No. Okay, that's fine. Try maybe next week. Hey, yep, for a small coffee date. That's it. I again, those little little bits there, I think are okay. But at first, when I read this, I, I had a little bit of a worry of, you know, well, okay, maybe that person also is an introvert. We do have to respect their boundaries as well. Maybe persistence can be a little bit of a red flag for somebody like like me, for instance. I, I don't like persistence. Yeah, the, it's the forced extroversion that I, that really sort of I don't like. Mm-hmm. Also, there's there's this, um, I think that, that, that follow up, like the, the I think the 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 way that this this one is titled is a little bit off putting for me because um, mm-hmm. if somebody says oh I'm not available, you don't immediately follow up respond to that with oh how about how about tomorrow yeah or how about like is it okay cool thought I'd ask or you know try one more time and say hey I'm going to you know we're going for, I'm uh, I'm going to this coffee shop do you want to join me or I'm going to the museum do you want to join me. Like just something going to the the, the street fair, um, you know. And mm-hmm. if they say no, maybe that's maybe that's it. You don't have to like yeah. You you can't bully somebody into being your new friend. We can't. Nope. I know. Oh, I know. All I right. mean, maybe when you were in grade school, but not yeah. so much in adulthood. Yeah. I don't think so. Um, so on bustle.com, uh, they have uh, uh, an article called How to Make Friends When You Move to a New Place as an Adult. I think I like the fact that it's like as an adult because I think, you know, <laughs> when, when you move to a new place as a kid, you end up in school and that's how you're going to socialize. That's just it. Yeah, that is your socializing. Yeah. But when you are an adult, everything changes. I mean, there's, there's that, that whole podcast I was mentioning is really like, they say like, how do you do this as an adult? Mm-hmm. 
which is a which is a great question. So there is lots of help, and uh, we narrowed it down to um, a couple of things. So number one, get active in associations, local chapters of any national organizations you belong to, or go out and do activities when you're not working. Whether this is a mastermind group, recreational ultimate leagues, weekly Zumba classes at the Y, a night class at a local community college, uh, REI training class, a meetup, put yourself in situations where you will meet multiple new people face to face. Look for groups that do hobbies you already love. I would champion meetup.com for this mm. because if there's a thing you're interested in, mm-hmm. It may be a thing that has a group that meets up. And I think I've encountered people who think that meetup.com is like a, 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 a like a dating thing. It is not. It's a like people get getting together in groups. And that's that's a great way to if you're in a new place and you're trying to find something and you don't know where to start, it's a great place to start. Oh, I'm gonna have to take note of that mm-hmm. website. It actually sounds yeah. pretty good. Okay. Oh. Um remembering that making a connection takes time. Uh, I always make sure that when I make a genuine connection with a gal, I plan three successive meetings with her. Those three meetings in quick succession cement your connection. And if you don't pull together for a long period of time, you still feel like you're friends. It's an easy system and a good one, particularly because adult life is busy. It's easy enough to see someone for a few months. If this connection happens only after seeing each other one time, you feel like you can feel like you've been dumped. But if the disconnection happens after seeing each other three times in a row, you still feel connected. Mm. okay i think how do you feel you know here's the thing if you go out for coffee with somebody once and the conversation is not there i would put i would do this i would say this about dating too like Mm -hmm. it's not there it's not there if you are not able to have a conversation it's just not there Mm -hmm. and you don't need to push that by having another another friend date Mm mm-hmm it's not going to do anything for you. You might as well just acknowledge the fact that there was no friend chemistry there and you can move on. But the important thing is that you gave it a shot. Yes, exactly. And that's and that's something that I think for me in this yes. episode that I would I would give to myself in a takeaway is you have to at least try. If you're not trying because you're too afraid that there isn't going to be a connection, then you're just you're just not going to socialize. It's just not going to work for you. And then you're going to be hermited yourself for like two yeah. years. You know what's yeah. going to happen if you don't try because you're afraid there's not going to be a connection? There is not going to be a connection. Um, I also want to just uh, reiterate again the, uh, the, 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 the NPR podcast of the Life Kit, How to Make Friends. It's not really introvert-centric, and there were some suggestions that made my introvert soul shudder, Um, (laughs) but um, there are some actual good suggestions there. The first episode is basically how to make friends, Um, and so there's great things there. There's a few that don't even make me want to breathe into a paper bag. (laughs) There are some that do, um, so we can just ignore those. Um, Yeah. Interestingly, subsequent episodes are about how to deepen your friendship after you've made it or, or how to maintain the friendship, which is also, it can't hurt to listen to those either. That's a pretty good, pretty interesting uh, conversation though, I bet. Yeah, it's just four episodes. It's worth worth taking a, li- a listen to. But yeah, I wanted to point that one out because that's where I sort of heard like the, 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 the and they made sense of the, the, the join a club, make a yeah. hobby, whatever that is. Like that's. Which is the thing that always everybody says, and you always roll your eyes, but they make a good point for doing it. Yeah, yeah. It, it sound it sounds like um, I was trying. It's to me, it sounds like at first when someone gave me this, I'm like, oh, it sounds kind of dorky, though. Like I don't want to yeah. go out and like just go to like a knitting club or something. Like that's not, but then it's like, but then you need it, and you're like, oh, you know what? That's why these things exist, though. That's right. That's <laughs> because right. we need them. We do. Yeah. And it's important when like like-minded people are more likely to get along. And so if there's a, something you enjoy, absolutely get out and give it a shot. Ex- yes, absolutely. So what have we learned? I have learned uh, it's made me rethink or well, made me think about my, my denial for a long time. Mm. <laughs> so coming back now, uh, I have, a new gained confidence though in going to chat with people. I mean, again, I, this is my hometown where I'm from, but 
at the same time, though, it does feel new still. And it's good to take this advice still. When you moved back, did, did had much changed? Were the same people still there? Or were, were, is there in some ways, are you still starting over? Uh, yeah, a lot of the ways I'm still starting over. I mean, like, it, without getting into too much of the story, hmm. you know, just it, it certainly did feel like I was running away from home when I did first leave, just because, you know, and that's why I wrote a whole show about it. But, you know, coming back and, and starting over, and I, I feel like a whole new person that I, I feel like the city itself just changed already. I mean, yeah, like there's some buildings and shops that aren't there anymore and new things have come in, but you know, in itself, that's symbolism on its own, that this is a whole new place for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, I think that, you know, it, you moving to a new city is its own challenge and not mm-hmm. all of us are going to do it or we've done it. And that's not likely to happen again. Right. That said, when you're an adult, making new friends is hard, Oof. which is really what the whole thing about moving to a new city is like, how do you make connections in a place where you don't have roots or you're new? So I think a lot of these things are worthwhile for even just um, thinking about, you know, making new friends if you need them uh, or, you know even like reconnecting with friends that you might've lost contact with. Cause in this adult life, we always, you know, everybody's going and we forget sometimes that friendships take effort. Mm-hmm. Yes, they do. And so just asking an old friend that you haven't seen for a while to go for coffee is a great start to maintaining that friendship and, and treat it like a new one. Mm-hmm. Reconnect with that person that you haven't seen for a while. I think. 